A dance CEO thrives every day with focus on gratitude, growth, and feeling aligned. Unapologetically putting themselves first, striving to become their best self personally and professionally, creating their own definition of fulfillment and success, rejecting the starving artist mentality and competition mindset for one of abundance in all things, including the success of other dance business owners. Welcome to the Dance CEO Podcast. Hello, I'm Audra Allen, the Dance CEO Coach lifelong dancer, choreographer, and educator. I'm a happily remarried, part-time mom of two little humans and three bonus little humans, proud thriver of adult-diagnosed ADHD, lover of the beach, travel, houseplants, reading, and your host for today's episode. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Hello, everyone. So excited to have you with us today on the Dance CEO podcast. And my newly found friend is with us, Emmy Matsushita. Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. Um, Emmy and I, as most of my listeners have found out, maybe met on Instagram. That's where most of my guests and I have met. And we were just chatting on Zoom and just getting along so good. I'm like, you need to be with me on my podcast. So here we are. And actually, I should have hit record right when she hopped on the call because we already had a great little chat pre-recording. Like, ah, I should have caught this. We'll see if we can kind of recap it during the call. Welcome, Emmy. So happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. And you guys, yeah, you guys are all in for a treat. Her energy is just spot on. So good. Um, also, also just give a visual description. Emmy just showed up and I'm not surprised at all with this awesome burgundy shirt and she has rainbow sleeves, like striped sleeves. And it's just like lovely and totally fits her. And I'm just not surprised that she showed up like this. So good. So good. I'm, I'm um, like fall vibes right now. Yeah. So. Like it's totally, it's totally working. We are recording this at Halloween. Actually, today is October 31st. Yeah. This is the day that we're recording this. <laughs> I would love, Emmy, for you to share with the community um, who you are and what you do. Oh, it's those are such loaded questions. I know. You you can you don't have to you don't need to start at like I was born on this like yeah. (laughs) Who am I? Who is Emmy? Well, Emmy is a (laughs) dynamic spirit. Yes. I pretty much try to find the the silver lining or gold lining in every situation. But me at the core, I'm a creative. I'm a dance artist. I'm a mover. I am also a mindset and business coach for dancers to really help them and encourage them and finding their own path in art and business. Um, And then also I, because I'm a creative, I have to do some other things too on the side. So I also create um, events, um, performances. I produce them. And I just love, honestly, I kind of have like this childlike curiosity of um, asking questions and then like digging a little bit and putting unlike things together and see what, seeing what happens. So I'm a bit of like a, a researcher, <laughs> which is funny because I went to school for dance science. Um, so yeah, I'm just an all around uh, dynamic soul with a lot of uh, fun energy. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, 1000%, like I back up all of that. That is so true. I love it. So good. Um, well, you do, you and I have similar focuses in our career, but we serve different communities, which is what interesting. You and I first connect. We're like, Oh, look, what do you do? do?" Oh, and we got to know each other better. And so who do you like to help? Who, who who's your focus in the dance arts world? So, yeah, I mean, short answer is I love serving the hip hop and street styles dance community um, because I've grown to love them over um, my own background and my own experience and growth with dance. So I started dancing hip hop when I was about 18, but prior to I was doing um, jazz and like palms. I was on like the dance team. We were competing. So it was very like rigid and very like technical. And so that was like my first exposure to dance. So I was like, oh, this is how you have to do it, right? You have to like learn choreography and spit it out and replicate it as best as you can to a T, you know, to a certain standard. And then once I um, was introduced to hip hop in college, I was like, whoa, this is not, this is not choreo. This is like expression. It's connection. There's a whole culture behind it. There's a whole like Mm -hmm. lifestyle. And so that really rewired what I thought about dance and how it actually felt in my body because yeah, dance was being put on me, but now I was dancing to dance for myself. Mm -hmm. And that was really a powerful transition for me with dance in particular. And ever since then, I basically have always gravitated towards um, hip hop things, hip hop culture, hip hop events, you know, hip hop styles. 
um, street styles, because all of that kind of falls under this umbrella of improv improvisation, freestyle, um, or um, yeah, connection, release, culture, all of these rich words. Um, and so, yeah, I've kind of like, that's like my scene, you know, those are my people. And that's, that's where I feel really at home with mm. dance. So good. Yeah. So uh, I was not introduced into, well, I was aware of hip hop, but I did not go the route of hip hop until college as well. And it was more for my own doing just to get my body to move differently. Like I was really strong in ballet and modern and jazz and all the classic, you know, concert dance. And there's still release in there. Right. But there's something about being able to isolate every mm. part of your body, including your left earlobe. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I still like, I unfortunately still wasn't really given the opportunity in to the, really dive into the culture of it so much. It was like another art form to learn in the dancing side of it. So I, I did, I have gone that route, but not, mm -hmm. not to the extent of which I know you have become quite an expert in the in the field. Yeah. But I love that. I love that that's who you're showing up for because yeah. I mean, you know, I serve more in the concert dance world and, uh, but yeah, there's a massive community of street style dance, right. And like the culture yeah. of it. And so I love that there's people that you're there rooting for them and supporting what they need. Oh man, totally. Cause it so much resonates with just my own life story and mm. like how my own like process of healing and like growing up and stuff. And so the hip hop culture to me is um, represents so much more than, yeah, like you said, like just the being a dance form, there's so much more to that whole, um, yeah, genre, culture, whatever, um, that need, that really deserves being unpicked a lot. Um, and, and all of those things brought to light so that we can actually, you know, fully understand its impact and value that, that it really has, because I do think, you know, you look at the scene, you look at that culture, and most of the time it's like underrepresented, you know, minority kind of people doing doing this dance form. Um, and so it's a little misunderstood. Um, and so, yeah, that I also have the heart for like underdogs because I've been an underdog myself, right? Um, and so I think that's why I've been, I gravitate, gravitated towards it um, mm. as soon as I was introduced to it. I love that. That's just amazing. And yeah. um I mean, I've definitely long, like a while ago, definitely more separated than intertwined. And there's a lot more overlap, right? As I think maybe, maybe I'm just thinking about this now, the, um, the intertwining of that had to do with the openness of what contemporary is. And that allowed mm -hmm. more um, freedom in what was influencing and coming in and impacting the concert dance world. And as dancers have recognized that they can be so much more than that one particular technique or style that they chose. And now there's more crossover and the strength in that and the freedom. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah the, you know, there's not, I mean, yes, of course people like to specialize in their specific thing, but also yeah. it's beautiful to start to see the overlap in all the areas that dance oh, is yeah. dance. It's so yeah. great. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so I know you spoke about this a little bit, but I want to dive a little more into it. So why did you start your dance business, right? Because you and I both know this is not something we both sought out to do when we were you know, younger in our dance days. So why did you decide to go the route of becoming a coach oh. in the dance world? Ooh, that is such a good question. <laughs> um, I think because, like, honestly, the short answer is that, like, because I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. That's the first time I vocalize that actually, because I haven't really connected that dot in my head. But it's true. Like when I was doing the route of like creating a business that like mm. makes sense, like you have to do your research, you know, like, okay, what's the gap in the market, right? That needs to be filled and like mm -hmm. you know, do your research in your market, your desired market to find out what the need is so that, you know, you're actually creating a product or service that's relevant to your people. And so intuitively, I already knew that this needed to be a thing in the, the market or whatever the world. Um, but it did take a little bit of like, just having more conversation, intentional conversations with the people that I want to serve and like, just opening my ears up a little bit more, you know, when I went to different events, hip hop events, or, um, you know, just showed up in spaces that were mm. dance oriented. Right. Um, and, and I saw like, yeah, there's not support for people, in the hip hop scene in particular, like for them to actually make something from their art, you know, or even just 
realizing that there's this mindset that we're like, oh, it's a, it's just thing that we do on the side for fun. Mm. It's not serious. Right. And then once I started kind of having more and more conversations, I see that it's like a a pandemic, if you will, in the whole art scene, you know, it's, it goes beyond just hip hop styles, it goes to like other styles, like ballet and contemporary, like dance industry, and then it goes to like the arts sector. So it's quite a, um yeah, a multi-layered problem in the arts. Uh, yeah. Industry. But with dancers, obviously, like we are dancers. So that's who we're gravitating towards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. It, it really like we have coaches to help us in our technique through and through and through right mm-hmm. but then we don't actually have anybody to help us translate our dance into business and money so yeah 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 and i know that's something you definitely passionately speak to which i of course totally align with which is yeah. the money scarcity right that you know we're, we're supposed to sacrifice for the art we're supposed to be happy yeah. with what we can make happen and not receive much for it yeah and i mean i believed that wholeheartedly until the last four years i started my business and i was confronted with the concept of you can have a financially successful dance mm-hmm. business. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Can I though? Like, really? <laughs> like, of course I'm sacrificing my life, right? I'm giving my all yeah. that's expected of me. It's a dance thing. I'm passionate yeah. about it. Right. But yeah. financially successful. Cause I can be successful. Like I can have clients. I can do the right. thing. Right. But like yeah. it's separate. And I'm also just processing this right now. Right. Like there are two levels, right? There's yeah. a, Hey, yeah, I'm a professional dancer. I am performing your time. Like, so how are your finances? Like, Oh, I do a lot of it for free or like, you know, I just take whatever they're willing to give me. That's yeah. not financially successful. That's just you artistically successful, but yeah. why can't they be synonymous? And I know, right. I know, I know this is like what you speak to all the time. And I'm like, yes, yeah. let's talk about this because, <laughs> because it's true. Right. And yeah. it is a money scarcity mindset that we mm-hmm. have been raised with. It's ingrained in yeah. us in the arts. I literally remember hearing the word so many times, you just need to be grateful for what's opportunities given to you. Say yes to everything. Money's yeah. low anyways. Nobody has money to give. So if you're offered yeah. it, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 And that's not the case. No, like it's not. And also now that we're no longer, you know, young ones in the dance world and like yeah. a lot of people I interact with have are in relationships and they have partners. Mm-hmm. And why is it that you're not allowed to have money, but your partner can be in a field and a profession that has money. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when my clients work for me and I'm just rambling, I'm sure I'll let you jump in in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just processing yeah. all of this. I just like lit a fire. I'm like, let's talk. Um, oh, Reno, um, <laughs> oh. Like most of my clients. So I'm going to back up for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking through the process of when someone signs on to work with me one-on-one, right? And I'll be fully transparent in the fact that when people work with me one-on-one, I charge $4,444 to work with mm, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the 4444 is just what, yeah. at the time my client, like my coaching program was four months. So it all just made sense. Yeah. Now it's six months because yeah. there's just a little bit more time, but I didn't increase my prices. But when I talk with someone on that air quote sales call, but really it's just mm-hmm. a chance for them to see what's possible for them and resources if we're a good fit. Right. I don't ever push for a sale at the end of it because I know that they have a money scarcity to work with and I talk with them about it and the most likely they have a partner in the life that they also need to discuss and say, what is the reality of this? Right. Mm-hmm. And as I talk with them, I explain that I have flexible payment plans and all the thing. Mm-hmm. And then I like, I am here for you regardless. If you decide this is not a good fit, I totally get it. I would love to continue to encourage you to be a part of my community to continue to open up that mindset and there's right. free value to receive. Right. And then I let it be. And then normally within, not always, but the majority of people, you know, come back within two to three days and say, I'm on board. I know I need this. I'm ready yeah. for the work. And my partner worked out a payment plan that makes sense for us because they needed time yeah. to process because this mm-hmm. is not normal. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not normal. <laughs> and it's, yeah, scary as well. <laughs> yes. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're not a standard service mm-hmm. at all. But yeah. it's true. I think like artists can tap into them to tap into themselves and they know what they want. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how to get there. And so like, yeah, just dangling the carrot of being like, hey, like I can help you get there. Mm-hmm. You already know what you want. So let's make it happen, you know, is is an easy sell. But, you know, obviously there's a lot, a lot of hurdles that come down to it. But I do think like going back to the money scarcity mindset thing and like, the programming that is in mm-hmm. us as dancers, like when when we are young ones, right? We look at what the standard pathways are for dancers, and like what they've been doing, what they've accomplished, and we're like, oh, we have to do that too, right? Like we have to yeah. be a performer. We have. Yeah, those to are like- our only options. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we have to like 
only do things for exposure. And so it's like, that's what we keep inundating the mm-hmm. next generations with. If we're, if people like us aren't seeking up and being like, Hey, there's other options, you know, mm-hmm. like for me, the, the way that I encourage my clients is that like, you know, okay, so you're a dancer, but the heart of you, you're an artist, you're a creative. So you mm-hmm. have like multiple things going on. Yeah. So how can you optimize? <laughs> yeah. How can you optimize what you're doing, what you love doing to actually make a product or service that's going to like fulfill you, but also give you money in return. And considering this like landscape that we're in with this modern landscape where we have direct access to fans and clients or, and like, you know, be able to like have our own marketplace online, like, there's no reason why you can't sell like if you're a crocheting dancer and you have crochet stuff then sell your crochet stuff you know like you can do <laughs> you can make a business out of everything that you want to do really yeah yep. um it's just about finding the discipline which is another conversation to have with like yeah. we'll have you back on you'll just i'll just have you on like every third episode <laughs> yeah, maybe we yeah. need to start maybe you and i need to start another episode <laughs> i know right yeah <laughs> themes every themes yeah uh, but yeah so it's like anything is possible really, but you have to believe it. You have to believe in your value Mm -hmm. and like, you have to really fight against this like current that exists where like people think that the only way to do dance and show up as a dancer in the world is to like fucking, it's okay. We have to really be intentional about fighting this programming that exists. Right. Are telling dancers that you got to play small, you got to play small. Yeah. And you and I both identify first as a mindset coach, which took a while for me to realize. I mean, I was doing that with my class, but I didn't realize that's what I was doing with my clients. And like now I am a dance, a dance mindset and business coach. And I approach the business after we address the mindset because, you know, we, there's so many layers to help our clients work through, to let them fully embrace and understand abundance and what they are truly valuable and worthy of and that their art can have a price on it without devaluing it yes 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 totally yes pricing yourself Uh, yeah like you said you were talking about your prices like four 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 Mm. four four and like Mm. that's that's it there's no like negotiating it there's no like hey okay let's let's do this if you're in this situation you know like Mm -hmm. you're meeting halfway like no 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 this is my deal if you want to work with me, this is what it is, you know, and that's how kind of like the the same vibe that dancers need to, to show up to as an industry. Yeah. Um, be like, this is what we demand of ourselves and our art, because we know all the work that's involved with it. We also know that there's so many other costs that we have to incur and like the whole process behind making art and like, you know, all of these things that you could tack on to the value of what you're offering your clients or whatever. Like we just are are timid and being like, oh no, it's okay. Like I just do it for fun. <laughs> like no, you still gotta feed your family, and like inflation is real. So like, don't, <laughs> right? Go down. Go yeah, up. I actually there. I'm reflecting on a client I'm working with currently, and they have been really working on increasing their abundance mindset and you know, that self value. And they um had worked with this um conference before and they wanted him to come back and work with them for this next second year but they they've improved right my client has improved and grown as an artist and their mindset and so they came back and said i'd love to work with you again this is my pricing which yeah. had drastically increased from the first year and they came back and said what do you talk about the price was this last year and they're like i understand that but also cynthia and i worked together last yeah. this is what i have done to improve myself and so yeah. my value is worth more yeah. and they came back and they figured out like yeah we really want you we respect that we see that and they came back and yeah matched her offer and yeah. and uh she's been experiencing that repeatedly actually she's been trying to say you know what i appreciate that's where you're at but you know this is what yeah. i'm bringing to the table versus oh my yeah. gosh thank you so much i'm just grateful you can fit me in and that you're willing to pay me at all and they're like we yeah. want you bad enough we'll go figure it out because right. the thing i've had to learn for myself is mm-hmm. i'm not putting a price on because i need to pay pay, pay the bills right like yes that's helpful yeah. i'm looking at the growth i'm bringing yeah my mm-hmm. experience, what yeah. I'm helping my clients' lives transform in, and I, I'm not the price I'm charging now is not what I was pricing even mm-hmm. two years ago or a year ago, right? Like, I mean, there, mm-hmm. I've had to grow to feel that the price is matching, but I do know that this is what I'm able to offer yeah. and that it's worthy of that. Mm-hmm. And instead of lowering what you said, right, the standard, like, let me meet you in the middle, I say, let me help you because I know you have some struggles financially, but I'm mainly a mindset with it. I am willing to meet you in the middle in the sense of mm-hmm. I will let you have a personalized payment plan. 
Yes. And there's flexibility. Yes. And so, yes. and then almost all my clients like start off with like really small amounts and that's over a 12 month yes. period. And normally yes. it's like paid off by the six months because they've done the work with me oh, yeah, to increase yeah. their mindset and shift their thing. And like, you know, like, yeah. and then they're actually like, oh my gosh, I actually have a different yes. view on this and the money is increasing. And like, oh, let me pay that like almost every single time. And it starts yeah. with the money mindset. Yeah, totally. And it also like, I think there's this lack of conversation in mm -hmm. the world about like money being like, a lot of times we're like, oh, we see a price tag and we're like, oh, we have to pay for that. Like, oh, we have a class, there's a class I, I want to take, so I have to pay for it. And it's just kind of like, you just pay for the class and it just, the money is a, this thing that disappears. But like, if we think of, if we start talking about even just our technical training in the terms of investing, oh, we're investing in ourselves to learn this mm -hmm. dance form, like you learned hip hop, right? So like if a hip hopper wants to get better in house dancing, like they take this house class from a master class artist or whatever, and they're doing an investment in themselves by taking this class. So if we talk about like payments, like, okay, so if we pay for, um, clothes or whatever, so that we look a certain way for an audition, like that's an investment in, you know, your business as like, oh, this is might potentially give me a gig or whatever. Like mm -hmm. that needs to be used more um, versus like, oh, we're just paying for a class. Just, uh, right? Yeah, I have to spend money. I yeah, have to spend, spend I have to spend money versus I get to choose to use my money yeah. in this way to invest in myself because it, then it converts, right? Yes, yeah. the, the number is different in your bank account, but instead yeah. you have your clothing on you that you're about to yeah. get a gig. Instead, you also then have this ability to right do the thing. You just gained mm -hmm. new technical clarity yeah. that now letting you get hired at the next gig. And all you right. paid was $25 for that right. class versus the private lessons you would have spent more money on, right? right. Like, yes, yeah. you need yeah. to view yourself as your own business entity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that you are the one marketing yourself and how yeah. can you ex like don't be surprised if you're not getting the things if you're not investing in yourself to make it happen yeah but i don't think that like people we don't talk about it yeah <laughs> yeah we don't talk about we don't use those words investing so like yeah when mm -hmm. it comes to our services we're like we're clearly like you are investing in yourself you're not just like paying us like this money that's just gonna like disappear and it's just like a a price tag that you have to like, you know, yeah, bring slowly to zero so that it's clear. It's like, you're literally putting this into yourself so that you can figure out how to take the next steps for yourself in your business, in your dance. La, 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 la. Yeah. You know, so yeah. investing. Yeah. That's a good word to start throwing yeah. around. Yes. And uh, not in like go invest in some bonds or some shares, mm -hmm. right? Different, different process that, yes, that's also important. <laughs> Okay, we're taking a quick break because, well, we've gotten so deep in some of these topics and we're only halfway through, so make sure to stick around because we get into some things that might be triggering but also really insightful for how to shift into a place of abundance in your life. So keep listening. But for now, what I want to share with you is that if you are listening to this episode, still in March when it came out, I want to invite you to join me on a free masterclass titled three CEO skills to attract business. And I really dive into and help teach you the basics of what it's like to shift from hunting into attraction to really ease your process of increasing your customer base, your business opportunities, your connections you make, and let it come from a place of alignment that feels authentic and genuine and that you feel like you can actually grow quickly while doing it in a place of integrity. If this at all sounds interesting to you, please head to my website, thedanceceocoach.com slash masterclass. You'll find all the information there. You can sign up and there will be a replay available. And if you caught this episode after the masterclass took place, still make sure to follow me on Instagram, talk with me. Maybe I can send you the replay there. And I used to get a chance to learn this valuable, invaluable information. Okay, let's get back to hearing all the wisdom and knowledge drops that Emmy has to share. So yeah, actually, because I find this like, this was actually a goal of mine for 2022 was um, one of the words I picked for myself for my financial part, part of my life, I picked the word abundance because I was really struggling yeah. and put myself back. I was still struggling with money, scarcity mindsets. Mm -hmm. And so I read this book called You Are a Badass at Making Money. Mm -hmm. 
had Jen Cicero. Jen Cicero. <laughs> she has your badass at like life or whatever. You're like, then she has a green one. Your badass yeah. at making money. Yes. And that book, when you when you approach these books like a workbook and like a study, because there's like exercises mm-hmm. in each chapter. I've had every client since then go through that book, and it has been life changing for them. Yeah. yeah for yeah, myself yeah. as well, because I was able to view and understand money differently, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was able to understand it as. Uh, as a as a resource and a form of what abundance can be and not only just money the hard cash but also what abundance is and like things right and like oh my gosh it just yeah Yeah. life-changing so for listeners if you're like oh this is so hard i'm so triggered (laughs) go grab and i encourage you to do it as a workbook to study they don't just like audiobook blast through it like take the time get the book chapter at a time do the exercises took me a few months to get through it to do everything that was asked of me in that book and it was transformational in my life yeah and then also another one along the same lines because i read jen's book but also amanda francis's book is Mm -hmm. um, rich rich af Uh (laughs) uh-huh i don't want to say that word again Yes, rich um, as yeah. F word. Yeah. <laughs> rhymes with yuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that one's a really good one too. Again, like workbook style. But I think the most important things about those books is that it helps you like become come face to face with your own demons about you, mm-hmm. like the struggles that you have with money. And I think that's the key because you can always learn like like cerebral cerebrally mm-hmm. about money and like how it operates and the you know the economy and all this stuff but like you don't nothing's really going to be changing sustainably for you if you don't actually like come to terms with like your own hurdles about money yeah energy energetic like you know blockages so but this is like a dance class right you go into a dance class and the teacher all day long can say do this thing and unless you're like wait how does this thing apply to me why Mm -hmm. am i like and you don't take the time like you take the time like oh so you want me to like bring up my knee higher in my passe with my toe touching my knee right so my core is engaged right Right. but if you just hear it but you don't actually take the time to apply it and figure out and try it it's not going to change anything for you personally yeah yeah. and that's exactly what this is oh my gosh yeah that's a brilliant brilliant analogy because yeah we like dance is so collective and corporate at times Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's such a personal experience Mm -hmm. you've got to make it relevant to you and your body yeah (laughs) like i mean yeah it's thick yeah Yeah, anytime all the key moments i remember of like serious growth right as an artist as a technician was Mm -hmm. when i took the time to question how mm-hmm. does this apply to me personally? Because I am built differently. Like, you know, yeah. I hear the general feedback. What does yeah. that mean for me? Right. That's oh, what yeah. this oh. is. Yeah. yeah. I hear them saying, um, you should work on your money mindset. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. But until you like read the book and try the thing, it's not going to change anything for you. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, I don't want to like belittle what we're, you, we're doing, but like, right. we can also be screaming like to the top of the, our, right. our, our lungs being like, like understand your value, understand your worth and charge what you're worth and stuff mm-hmm. like this. But like, unless you're actually doing the mindset work to, mm-hmm. to help put those in place as pillars, then like, yeah, we can't really help you. <laughs> okay. Guess. So let's dive into that. What would you okay. say is mindset work? Oh, that's so good. I know what my definition is, but I've had to work on my understanding of that. So what's yours? Yeah. I mean, mindset work really kind of is, um, I guess, multi, multi. So I guess two things come to mind when I think of mindset work is like thought of as awareness, right? So Mm -hmm. to put it simply that that's the first word that comes to mind where awareness, like you have to be aware of what, what your situation is, right? Like everybody has a different context. Everybody has totally different life experiences that, um, have programmed us to be and operate and think a certain way. So we also have to come to this awareness with, with like this idea that we are flexible, right? We have this growth mindset versus, I forget what the other one, a static mindset or something. Fixed, like that. fixed, fixed. Mindset. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. Fixed, right? So that there also is this ability for us to change. Like we're not just stuck in our rut and only going to be there for, for the rest of our lives. So we do have to approach it with a little bit of like space and grace, right? Mm-hmm. So with, with first then the awareness, right? Of like understanding and getting inventory of what's actually happening in our head. Like being a little fearless to dig in a little bit and do do the work, which I I think the work is actually like practically through like journaling mm-hmm. and also allowing your 
yourself space. Like mm-hmm. dancers need space physically to move and stuff. So I, I use that analogy a lot where you mm-hmm. like, at the same time, you have to like give yourself space um, to be able to dig a little bit deeper into those things that have come up. Um, and a lot of it really is for me, like in the work that I do is like subconscious kind of um, mm-hmm. work. So (laughs) in in that, yeah, in that space, like, so it's funny because like dancers are so visceral. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a, um, you know, fancy word, but like we feel things with our body a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So, which is great. It's a great skill to have when you're doing that subconscious work. Um, But yeah, simply asking your body the questions like the sway test. I don't know if you've used that with Mm -hmm. your clients or not, but, or like, um, the gestalt method where you kind of like dig a little bit more, a little more like hypnosis kind of stuff. But it's basically just like using your body as a tool to show how to navigate through those things that have come up. Man, this, I don't know if this sounds really practical or if this sounds really like ooey gooey for some people, but at the same time, like this shit works because it's like, yeah, crazy. just by asking yourself, like, what's up? What do I need to right. do? Either journaling it out or like feeling. Yeah. I think that needs to, those connections need to be made. Yeah. And I would say even like, okay, for listeners who are like, okay, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm still a little concerned. She said journaling, but I don't want to just sit down and like write dear diary. Right. Cause that's like, so for me, what I encourage clients to do as a starting point is set a timer. Yeah. And like a brain dump or free flow writing, right? You literally just have a blank, you have blank paper and you have a five minute, just five minutes. Cause it's amazing what happens in five minutes. And you literally, if you need like, let's say a question has been coming up for you, like, mm-hmm. or it's like a really strong feeling, or you're kind of upset about something. Like, I'm really frustrated that this and this, mm-hmm. and you write that, that very first thing down. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you just keep writing. It's not like, mm-hmm. let me write a, let me write a research paper. You are just putting in onto paper what the subconscious stream of thought has been Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you haven't realized has been percolating there and you're ready to get it out. And so much clarity Mm -hmm. comes to me in those five to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I do other things as well for my mindset work now. And it's taken time. And my my process is now built from piecemeal from other people. Mm -hmm. And like, there's like Mm -hmm. the, was it the magic morning or like, I mean, there's a lot of different things that people like do this and this. And I'm like, I've tried that. I love this bit. And I've tried that. I love this bit. And this is resonating with me. And this is what I cohesively do now. But also it changes. Like, I don't always do all the same things every time because like overseas and I'm a little in a different space and one thing isn't serving Mm -hmm. me anymore. Oh, totally. I I think for me, the two key things, one, once the awareness comes in and I think the journaling Mm -hmm. stuff like holds that hand Mm -hmm. in hand. Mm-hmm. is the gratitude practice. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I know you believe this strongly too. So yeah. for me, I ha- I encourage people to start with five, but actually mm-hmm. I heard this from Rachel Hollis back when I was more involved in following her in the world mm-hmm. and uh is every day I write every morning I write down 10 things I'm specifically thankful for from the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Not like I'm so glad I have a roof over my head or that I have air to breathe, which is great, right? That's great. Yeah. But we're talking like we're starting to get so mindful in our day-to-day mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote down this morning, I am so glad that I had a chill day with my kids and we didn't fight once. <laughs> yeah, man. I am really grateful <laughs> that my son helped my daughter with this one thing. Yeah. I'm really grateful that we were able to go to the park because the weather was beautiful and everything was for, everything to do with 24 hour period. Right. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. lets me reflect and really take yes. stock of my day to day life. And then the last thing I do in my morning, because a few other things I do too, is mm-hmm. my journaling. Because mm-hmm. then like, okay, what, what is it? What's going on? And like you said, you need to make time, make yeah. space for it. And I also take that yeah. practically. Like, I mm-hmm. literally give myself 30 minutes in the morning because I do so much in the process. <laughs> it's yeah. about 30 minutes because I've grown to love this. Yeah, which and, is really uh, not a long time. <laughs> no, it's not. But when you like, and if you yeah. think I don't have 30 minutes, I'd yeah. encourage you at this moment right now, dear listener, <laughs> yes. to pause and say, do I not have 30 minutes or am I choosing to put my time into other things that maybe aren't serving me as well as I can? Yeah. Yeah. So. What does that look like? Is it even five minutes, right? Like all I can commit to is five minutes of writing down five things I'm grateful for. Start there yeah. or five yeah. minutes of free writing yeah. and then slowly build, right? Yeah. And yeah. you build and practice. And like you said, the mindset work, because that mm-hmm. is truly where the things change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is your mindset. Yeah. I think that's great that like this whole, we've been talking about like space and making space mm-hmm. and making space, because like if you keep doing it, with this like ana- keep if we keep going with this analogy for dance right like we literally create space for ourselves mm-hmm. to like get better in our art and our technique 
like we strive for that space, whether it be like in a hip hop world, it's like, oh, we go to like ciphers and sessions. So mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to be with other people that are like pushing mm-hmm. us onward into getting better with our technique, really. But so like we ha- we need to have that same approach when it comes to like, yeah, things like mindset that are that's going to help us with our the business side of things, but also not just the business, but like just the artistic side of things, because we're going to all have different goals of what we want to achieve and in life and business and art, you know, all of these things. But like, yeah, it really does come down to mindset and whether mm-hmm. or not we can believe we can achieve those things. Um, so yeah, creating space, like, just like we do with dance, like we just have to do that with mindset. <laughs> I have another class analogy. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's go for it. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, I love the classes. I had more impactful turnaround in my technique training when the teacher mm-hmm. gave us time to work on the correction they gave us. Yes. Yeah. So like, it's one yes. thing to say, okay, so next class, if I'm lucky enough to remember with my, with me, yeah. my ADHD, I never remembered the correction from a week before, right? Or yeah, whatever, yeah, like, yeah. hey, yeah. the knee up thing. Now yeah. they actually said, okay, now you need to take the next two minutes are for you to yeah. take the time to actually apply the feedback I just gave yeah. you. And then there's more feedback. The real time of that, right? Mm-hmm. What are the chances? And you know, as an educator for those listening, right? Though, if you're those teach mm-hmm. and all that, you know, the mm-hmm. impact, the possibility of that changing. But you had to, the teacher had to create the time. And if you think about it yourself, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I would love to get to that, but eventually one day versus I'm going to pause Mm -hmm. and sacrifice two minutes of a really beautiful reverence or they get one minute lesson stretching in my class to get this change we're looking for. If I'm willing, if I'm willing to wake up literally 15 minutes before my alarm goes off for my kids Mm -hmm. and give myself those few minutes, make my cup of coffee, coffee without anyone bothering me or Mm -hmm. my snoring husband, right? A bathrobe, disheveled hair. No one needs to even know it's a thing. And you go in there in the dark and like one corner room, right? And you do your thing with five minutes of free writing. That is life changing. Yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And oh, not to keep like I love it. Let's keep going. This horse, I, I love horse, it. I love like, it. Like a space analogy again in class. Um, I so I recently took um, I went to this like dance teacher conference in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, the big in, one. In August. Yeah, the big, big one. one. <laughs> um, and I took a class. It was a choreo class, basically. It was a movement class because they have sessions where you do mm-hmm. like business stuff and like mindset. Or I mean, they didn't do mindset <laughs> stuff. I wish they did mindset stuff, but. No, it's more like, you know, logical stuff. Mm. Anyways, um, I took a class from this amazing choreographer from the UK. Shout out to Deshaun. Um, but he, I loved the way he taught because in every single, like every single few minutes that he taught choreography, like he would provide space for us to be able to, first of all, this technique is brilliant, but he he would ask us to close our eyes. Once mm-hmm. we learned some, a little bit of choreography, like three, four, eight counts, he was like, close your eyes. Don't do it. Just do it in your head. Like mm-hmm. envision yourself doing the moves. And then he, and then he, he, then he said like, okay, the next, next time we do it with our eyes closed, like do it like not full out, but just like, you know, doing mm-hmm. it the moves with your eyes closed. And so like, that was crazy to me. That was like transformational because like, as a dancer, you know, growing up and like taking all these classes and like feeling the pressure. Cause there's, that's, that's a whole nother conversation, but like feeling the pressure of like, I need to like learn this choreography, like, so I can keep pace with everybody else. Right. Like there's that pressure. And so him creating that space to be able to be like, okay, how's it feel in my body? Let's connect with myself and not all of these, like looking mm-hmm. at everybody else and comparing myself like that helped me nail that choreography even more because of mm-hmm. that space that he provided. So even in our technique practices, like we need to have space because there is this like undercurrent of like hustling that we have to like keep going, keep going, keep striving, keep striving. And like, yeah, to what cost? Like, yeah. Are you giving a class or are you teaching a class? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's also sometimes like the, maybe like, because we all think maybe it's like a systemic thing where we're like, Mm -hmm. everybody thinks that to be a successful dancer, you have to teach. And so all we, all of a sudden we have these teachers that are teaching the next generation of artists, but they're kind of like subconsciously putting on their own, you know, hurdles onto their students. And they're just like, Oh, I just got to like, make sure I get all my curriculum points or whatever. Or Mm -hmm. like, I got to do the class as I, as I imagine it. And they're, yeah, they're not really, they didn't learn to give space. So they're not providing space. And that was just the thing. And we were just, Pushing, 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 yeah. pushing, but for why? 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 You know, <laughs> yeah. not sustainable. But yeah, yep. obviously we have 
talk about this forever. I know. I was like, I feel like we should just talk for like three hours and we'll just break this up and just have lots of oh my <laughs> Emmy God. and Audra part 722. <laughs> <I know>. like- <laughs> Day had 304. <laughs> wearing the same clothes (laughs) (laughs) um more we can just start doing ig lives together once a week and just have people like drop in topics we should just like riff about and just like go i think you you and i should just you and i are just gonna do it oh girl i'm down with that i'm down with that (laughs) um okay back on track i know well what is our track we've been over the place it's so good you had an outline so i'm trying to no no that's only there suggested if like you know like you and i are flowing so good like no yeah it it is not a must needs this is a suggested Mm -hmm. process Mm, gotcha gotcha gotcha. (laughs) if we were going to get to these things as needed yeah um Well, I am going to, no, since we're in this place of segue, yes, <laughs> I don't actually segue. give them, I just declare them. Segue. Um, I do want to know, mm-hmm. and I don't ask this question often, but for you, I want to know what are some important, le- important lessons you have learned as a dancepreneur? Oh my gosh. Okay. One of the biggest things that I would also advocate, because like in my work, I'm also creating mini dancepreneurs. Okay, mm-hmm. not mini. They're not miniature. They're just yeah, yeah, yeah. dancepreneurs. <laughs> Newer, you are, new dancepreneurs. Yes. New <laughs> mini. I don't know why I said that. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to create an industry of dancepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest thing that I tell them is to like, make sure that you celebrate all your wins. Yes. Because like this journey, entrepreneurship is hard, like through and through it's hard. It's difficult, but I think it's hard because like, we don't appreciate the process. Um, Because if we're, if we're actually like celebrating all of our wins and seeing our progress and looking back and being like, Oh my gosh, I've gotten this far then like success is real. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's always like striving forward, pushing forward and like really what's happening is is you're like, as you as you strive and grow, you're reaching new levels and new heights. And then so your context changes at, at the, this, this next level that you've reached. And so you're already, your brain is starting to like problem solve and like plan and strategize at this new level that you're at. And so you're like, oh, I need to get here. And then you get up here and I need to get here. And so if you're not taking the time to be like, oh my gosh, I've made it up to this point. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. Then it won't ever feel like you're actually succeeding or growing. And so, and then that like, you know, messes up your mindset because Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I'm not reaching these goals. I'm not like Mm -hmm. making a hundred K from my dance business. Like, so we need to like really, Mm -hmm. yeah, it goes back to like the gratitude thing. Right. And like creating space so that you are like, oh man, I've made it this far. I am thankful that I've made these three contacts. Um, you know, I have a gig. Yeah. It's the small ones. I need to be clear. It needs to be the small ones. It can be that like, I tried out a new software and I learned it all and it's starting to work and you're going to just celebrate that you took the time and accomplished that. It doesn't have to be that your new software got you five new contacts. Right. right, It's that your new software, you you learned a new skill in your business and it's going to help you. Yeah. Um, I actually, I've been celebrating wins for myself in a, for a while. And then mm-hmm. I was in a coaching program this last year. They're like, mm-hmm. they encouraged bringing your families into your wins. Oh. And I was like, okay. Cause what I love to do <laughs> is I have a particular song that when like I have a win, I put uh-huh. that song on and I freaking dance uh-huh. to it. And my kids, I started having them come celebrate with me. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, on a bigger one, like I just signed a new client or I just Mm -hmm. completed this Mm -hmm. program or I just read this book that I've been trying to get to, right? So I don't always do the dance party for all of them, right? But like the bigger ones. So my kids are like, well, we want to celebrate us too. And so now whenever they're there with me to do it, I let everybody Mm -hmm. pick something that they want to celebrate and they're winning and we all have the dance party together. Oh, that's so cute. And my kids are eight and six. Now it's like a thing, like, and like, like, it's just amazing that then we're instilling them at a younger age. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, which then had me think about my process as a dance educator, right? Shifting from dance teacher to dance educator and understanding Mm -hmm. the difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I was a dance teacher that I would ask students to to say what thing, what thing they like reflect, like what they need to Mm -hmm. work on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I shifted into tell me something you're proud of that you did in class today. Ooh, that's a good shift. And that was hard. Mm-hmm. That was hard for my dancers. It's hard. It's hard for all of us when we're just yeah. so we're just so, you know, ingrained to just be critical. Yes. Like, oh, I need to definitely work on a deeper play in my sautés. Yeah. Or oh, I need to can yeah. you guys can you tell that I dance ballet? Yeah. <laughs> I keep yeah. using like ballet but- Valley example. Um, yeah. And I, and like sometimes like it takes sometimes the students, it will take weeks before they can get to the point where they can actually 
be proud enough of themselves to say the thing, to actually identify and give themselves credit for the work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I but mean, we can, yeah. we can dig deep about like the whole critical, yep. mm-hmm. like, yeah, ju- judgment and like that, that programming within the dance industry too. It really does mm-hmm. provide another hurdle for us as coaches mm-hmm. to be like, oh my gosh, like stop looking at everybody else <laughs> yep. around and stop being like hypercritical. So yeah, the celebrating the wins thing is like definitely counter to that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah, put yourself in a, in a mindset of growth where you're like, oh, I've actually achieved things mm-hmm. that I should be proud of. Um, instead of being like, oh, what can I improve? Oh, I'm not doing this good. I'm not doing this well. Oh, right. You know, and that, yeah. that energy is not a good place when you, right. as an entrepreneur, you have to show up, up here all the time. So yes, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Well, you just said, uh, you know, the whole, like when you're comparing yourself to other people, but as dance business owners, mm-hmm. we do this, right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. dance, like, I mean, like we're guilty, but that's literally what we've done our entire dance lives, right. Is we have compared ourselves to others thinking it's yeah. a competition, Yeah. but I will let you in on an, I mean, I know you agree with this. Yeah. I will let you in on a little secret. Mm-hmm. There is room for every one of us. Yes. There's room for every one of us in our business. There is no two businesses that are going to take each other out. Now, if you're like, but my studio is exactly like the studio a mile from me. Check in with that first. Well, one on the su- surface level, market research, right. question mark. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Two, you are not identical to that studio owner. Your class teachers are not the same. The culture mm-hmm. within the four walls are not the same. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there is no identical anything. Yeah. Emmy and I are here talking, knowing that we both are the same typical, like, you know, air quotes, business right. model, like, yeah. you know, coach, but we yeah. are not the same people and we show up and serve our communities differently because of yes. who we are. And I never once have been like, oh my gosh, Emmy might take my clients because there's <laughs> yeah. room for all of us. There are people yeah. who are going to love Emmy and be like, this is who I need to work with. And the people who yeah. are like Audra's for it. And there are people who are like Kathy King or like Aaron yeah. Pratt. Like there's other people in this industry that they're like, I gravitate towards that person more than that. And that is fantastic. Yeah. You go to the person you need, yeah. right? Like, like as a dance teacher, right? Thinking back to your training, there are mm-hmm. teachers you loved and you're like, I resonate mm-hmm. with them, but I don't resonate with them. And some kids are like, but I love them more than when you like. And that's that's yeah. the whole point. There is room yeah. for all of us. Yeah. And you totally. need to be okay with that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And also like for you and I, like our greater mission is to change the dance industry. Yeah, we're, we, have we, yeah <laughs> we have the same so mission. Yeah, we have the same mission. In fact, we're going to get there faster because we're exactly. serving different areas. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I'm like, yeah, if you want to work with Audra, Go work with Audra. Girl. Yeah, and same. I'm like on point. <laughs> yeah, and it's like if you're loving how Emmy's showing up, because Emmy definitely is a lot more energetic and just out there than I am in such a good way. Like, you know, yeah. we both have short hair, less of it, right? So oh, there's yeah. some similarities. Yeah. But like <laughs> Yeah. And um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, our goal is to help you know, our mm-hmm. mission is the same. And we're just how yeah. we're doing it is showing up differently. Yeah. I think um, you also make a good point about being artists. Like what makes us tick as artists is because of our unique life experiences, our unique passions and like mm. what we want to do as a human being and not just as a dancer. And so like, yeah, it's true. Like whatever I create as a business or another dancer creates as a business will never, no. <laughs> never be the same because no. we as artists are living and breathing completely differently. So mm-hmm. like, even if we have the same product, it's not going to be the same at all because of how we are as artists so also yeah. we, can, we can't serve everybody like i don't have the oh, capacity yeah, yeah. yeah so like we're also we're all yeah. supporting each other and helping people grow and move forward versus like sorry there's only one person in this particular area of expertise and they can only take <laughs> yeah. 500 people and the rest of the i know 100 yes. no, 50 million dancers in the world i'm just sorry of course yeah they they're not going to be able to grow because <laughs> yeah. there's only sorry. one of you yeah, yeah. so no sorry. it's good like there's room for everybody and it's amazing oh once you shift into that mindset yeah. And you just view people as people, as your colleagues, as your peers, yeah. as a network of resource versus competition. Mm-hmm. And yeah. lets you shift in how you're showing up in your life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is really, really counter to the whole dance industry. Mm-hmm. And like, the scarcity thing. Yeah. yeah. Pegged against each other for this one job. Oh, this one spot, yeah. this one role in the company yeah. or whatever. It's just like, ah. The whole you're yeah. replaceable. dialogue that's That's a whole nother Mm -hmm. podcast Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah. but i mean i want to share that what i'm sharing today 
even four or three years ago, I still was not fully on board. I was learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 37 now. And up until my early 30s, I bought into the scarcity in the dance world. Yeah. I bought into yeah. the money scarcity. I bought, that's what I, I, I witnessed it. Or mm-hmm. I thought I would, no, I witnessed it because people practice mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I was living it. That was like, this is all that I'm capable of. And I was told mm-hmm. otherwise. And I was mm-hmm. told outside of the dance world. And I've had to figure out how to apply it to myself in the dance world yeah. and then start spreading the message because it's right. more commonly accepted outside of the dance world. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this, uh, is, this has not yeah. been easy. So as yeah. Emmy and I sit here, and I know Emmy's journey has also been a growth mm-hmm. process. Like, oh, we're not yeah. saying this, like, how did you not already know this? If this is your first time even being approached with this idea, I mean, we've shared so many concepts today. Oh, my God. If you're, like, overwhelmed, I would encourage you to revisit this podcast <laughs> at another time, but, like, take some notes. And whatever okay. one thing truly is kind of maybe triggering you, if you're, like, feeling some resistance in your chest right now with any mm-hmm. one of the things, mm-hmm. that's the first thing you need to dive into. Yeah journal that out oh yeah and then you set that timer and you write down why the frick am i so mad at audra and emmy right now when they said this thing i'm just so furious at them why is that and just start journaling it we were here to receive it and support you in that journey yes more space for dancers yes we want to welcome you into this amazing way of thinking it's a beautiful oh my gosh and we oh so good Okay, so I know. I know. I know. I'm fe- I'm feeling chills right now. Like I'm literally like I'm like I'm, ah! like, I'm like jacked. I can go pick up a house and just <laughs> toss it across the okay. street or something. The next clip is gonna be Emmy throwing a house. <laughs> yeah, just watch. Just watch. Okay, I love it. Okay. So um I do want to know, because people are gonna be like, okay, either people are gonna be triggered and don't ever want to hear from us again, or people are like, Oh my gosh, Emmy is phenomenal. And she is, please know. Emmy, where can people continue to follow and receive your amazing energy and awesomeness? Yes. So I pretty consistently show up on Instagram. That's mm-hmm. my poison of choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, level up underscore Emmy Lou is my handle. And really, I like, you know, post updates on things um, coming up. Like, for example, I have a performance in Houston this weekend that I'm promoing. I do. Yeah, I'll be doing workshops coming up. Um, around the U.S. And then also I have a potential event that I'm um, organizing and producing in the spring or the fall, TBD. But, you know, (laughs) next year. (laughs) Exactly. 2023. So, yeah, creatives love to do tons of things. So that's kind of. Yes, I love that. That's so good. (laughs) Mm, So yeah, follow me on Instagram. That's the best place to keep in touch. Um, And then, yeah, you can always DM me to get in contact with me more. So Mm, so good my plug (laughs) thanks for the plug Um, (laughs) emmy's dancing right now (laughs) are we surprised no oh yeah i forgot people are already listening to me (laughs) okay and the last question i ask all of my guests because i Mm -hmm. love hearing the individual takes on this what is what does it mean to you to be the ceo of your life and dance business Ooh, the CEO of my life and my dance business means that I'm making all of my decisions for myself and in my best interest always. Mm. So good. So succinct and just like, there it is to the point. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. I wanted so to say more, but I was like, no, just leave it. Just leave it. Well, you need, I mean, you should go hop onto Instagram and then share your thoughts from there oh, because yeah, yeah. I like, 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 hey, I've got some more thoughts on this concept. Oh, good, so, yeah, yeah. good. Good. Yeah. Good idea. I should. <laughs> I love it. Keep going. Oh my gosh. I mean, this has been amazing and I know we went all over the place. Thank you so much everybody for joining us today and please go follow Emmy and share with her what, you know, what stood out to you. Emmy is always for the discussion. Also, I just love watching Emmy's content. Like it's so good, but thank you again, Emmy, for being with us too. And thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Dance CEO Podcast, where aspiring or established dance business owners and entrepreneurs learn to become the CEO of your life and business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review and rating. To stay up to date and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me, your host, on Instagram at the Dance CEO Coach. Until next time. <laughs>